into no baseball. Uh, designated sitter, still consistently producing content while everybody else is twiddling their thumbs, hanging out. We're back at it. A couple little notes before we get started. Uh, our thoughts go out to the Orioles family with Trey Mancini diagnosed this week with stage three cancer. Um, hoping for a good recovery. He will not be in the major leagues this year. So he'll be faced with nine months of chemotherapy. Um, MLB just recently released a prediction on the first round draft pick. If you're wondering why there's 29 picks and not 30 teams, just remember a camera in center field was their pick. So they have uh, forfeited a pick in the first round and that doesn't go to another team. I uh, saw that and wondering myself. Kind of got a good laugh waiting on that. Um, this year, in or this week in baseball, in 1876, the first home run ever was hit, which uh, built walls so they could start charging fans. And Let's see. We got a possible 10 division, 10 team division going on that should come up pretty soon here. And uh, we'll see what happens. Let's get into this week of designated sitter. trying to chime in during the intro because I realized I had muted myself and so I was like man I'm just getting everyone's railroading me right now man I'm just trying to I'm just trying to say something man I was going to say that the center fielder or the center field camera picked by the Astros in that round uh, is no longer with the team fortunately <laughs> for the heinous things that were done that is unfortunate um here's a quick question for you guys because been bored right no baseball <laughs> been bored Shocker. I've put in this week alone 48 holes of golf, I think, just trying to occupy my time outside of work. So I go back today and I'm watching the home run derby from last year. Got to be one of the best parts of the whole season, right? I forgot how amazing Vlad Guerrero Jr. was. I mean... I think I fell back in love with him as a player. I think I forgot, and I don't know how. But I was noticing something. So he was hitting every field, and he kept hitting to center field near where they have some of those pine trees up past the um, the stacked bullpens. Mm-hmm. And I swear I'm seeing a security camera pointed in towards the field. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're using it for. Could Could be something I'm not seeing. But if they wanted to, that camera's positioned pretty well now i would have never they do they do i believe so now i never would have suspected cleveland i like cleveland probably because of tito you know terry francona who was the red sox manager in 04 who's now there but would it be kind of strange to you guys if the team that had trevor bauer may have done this i'm not saying they did i'm not saying they did i don't think they did but like, how weird would that be? That well, so it all depends on when it was installed. Because technically, he was on the Reds last year. So if they were just like waiting till he was gone, <laughs> at least for was it all of last? No, he got traded middle of last year. I I don't know when he went. I don't know how, that camera looks like it just been there. You know. Yeah, for sure. It's a tall security camera. You know, like the big ones that focal in, like you see when you go somewhere like a bank, those huge cameras they have. You see them at ballparks and in parking lots at Walmart. Mm. They're like the long cameras, you know, with the little shader over the top. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to start going. I'm going to go back and look at games and see if I can find cameras conspiracy in ballparks pointing in. I'm going to finish John Boy's undone work. We have some time on our hands. <laughs> that being said have you guys watched any of the uh mlb the show players tournament at all i saw a little bit a joey gallo is a gem that dude is so funny bro watch go watch his games like just 
I love getting like a, a little sneak peek at like who these guys are as people because it makes me actually like Blake Snell less. Really? Yeah, dude. The way he talks, I'm like, bro, you're you're a monster on the mound. I love what you're doing, but geez louise, man, who are you? Like some kind of mix between like hood rat slash red it was wild. It was wild. I didn't that I did catch that. I was like, wow, he talks a lot more urban than I would have <laughs> than I would have imagined, you know? Is that, is, I I just I don't know how to say this right, but like <laughs> I just I was listening to him talk and I was like, kind of also, expected him to sound more like a Boy Scout. Yeah. Also, didn't know that him and Aaron Judge are like best friends. Did not know that. Yeah, there was an MLB live uh, on Instagram, like a live stream, and he was like, he was talking. He's like, hey, hey, when I uh, when you phase me, he's like. Do you, what do you what do you look for? And he's like, well, I think you're gonna do this. Think you're gonna do this. He's like writing it all down. He's like, but I can't look at you because I know if you if I look at you, like I'm just gonna laugh the whole time. The whole time I'm pitching, I'm just gonna laugh because like they're like that good of buddies. That's insane. Um, hey, have, you guys haven't seen the Jordan documentary yet? If if you, I'm no. thinking about this. If MLB were gonna do no, there's nobody you would take from that to do something like that. Oh, to do like a an in-depth role. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anyone you'd want to see. Because the person has to be polarizing. Yeah, it has to be polarizing. I think Big Mac, Mark McGuire. Dude, what if what you if, just did what like about one? about it? Sosa and McGuire. Yeah, I saw, didn't someone do that? Or saw, I saw something like that. I'm sure there's a 30 for 30. The home run race? Gotta be. Nolan um, Ryan oh, would be cool. Um, buddy of mine, McCray Morey, sent me a uh, uh, Instagram message this morning with a picture from MLB Elites underscore, and I, I thought I had to bring this up. Through first nine seasons, Barry Bonds eight hundred and ninety runs, twelve eighty seven hits, two fifty nine dingers, seven sixty ribbies, and three MVPs. Mike Trout through his first nine seasons, nine hundred and three runs, thirteen twenty four hits. 285 dingers, 752 RBIs, and three MVPs. And Maury says to me, so you're telling me Trout won't be a Hoffer, a Hall of Famer. Oh, jeez. It is absurd to think that like Barry, bon- you know, Barry Bonds didn't make it. So like, I mean, I know it's that it's polarizing, but. No, there was a, did you see the other thing? I can't remember who put it out, but they, they brought up a Barry Bonds slash line in uh his games that he went hitless like between 01 to 04 he had like a 441 on base percentage in the games he went hitless jeez <laughs> and like 681 RBIs and his sack flies intentional walks yeah well do you know what today is Today, Don Mattingly tied the MLB record with three sack flies in a game. So, Neat. Good yeah, job, Don. Huh? Very exactly. proud of you. Today in baseball. And it was very, you know what's interesting about sack flies? They don't have to be, you don't have to hit it fair for it to be counted. They can catch it, on, they can catch it in foul territory and you still get an RBI. Yeah, but how many people actually advance on foul balls like that? There's all. There's also some, like have you ever seen those outfielders sometimes who debate whether they should catch it or let it hit the ground so the guy can't score from third. Yeah, no, for reals. You know, let it just let it be foul, and then maybe you can try and strike them out instead of, you know, let them advancing. So, I never thought about that. Gil Hodges holds the record for 19 sack flies. Dude, are you looking at the game? Do you just have like a sack sack fly stat sheet? I'm just a sack fly. I'm just a sack fly sacker. He really likes those sacks. Love the sacks. Um, okay, so we've got a pretty good sh- show today. We're going to talk about um, kind of why people may gravitate towards other sports and maybe, you know, does it have to do with vanity or image? And we're going to talk about uh, how other sports deal with, you know, how teams can depend on a player or a coach and the difference with baseball. We're getting to some interesting things here, though. But first things first, 
MLB's newest plan to bring back baseball is interesting to say the least, right? Bob Costas was quoted on saying, you know, it's going to be a short, weird season anyway, so why not just try out what you've always wondered? And so Manfred's latest plan splits all 30 teams into three divisions evenly by their time zones most effectively, right? So all 10 of the East Coast time zone teams, (coughs) 10 from the Central, and then you have seven teams all in that same California time zone. Smith, your Arizona team's in the same time zone as all of California throughout the whole season, yeah? Except for the, like what, into like maybe the World Series, you're, you're off Dude, by an hour? I've lived, I've lived in the only two states that don't do uh, daylight savings time, so I have no idea. We just stay yeah, the same. Yeah, you're close on that. I have no clue. And so, and so pretty much the, there's three teams that are outside the time zone. Denver, which doesn't really matter. It's only an hour. But the idea is, is like, you've got these TV right deals. You've got teams who, you know, let's take the Yankees versus the Dodgers. Big headliner game. You know, Dodgers, if they're playing at home, they want it to be prime time. They want it like eight o'clock. People are home from work. They've had dinner. They're ready to watch a game. You're in Boston. How many games are you going to start watching at 10 or 1030? You know, do you really want to watch a game until one or two in the morning? If, so, if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're furloughed and not having to work, maybe. <laughs> but now for the most part, probably not. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point. The time they're trying this is the time it wouldn't matter. I never really <laughs> thought about that. But Texas kind of has to bite the bullet because they've got the two teams there that are getting pushed into this West division. Um, so there's been talk about would it be a good time to expand as well? Put those team in the central, just have a large 12 cent team central division and put two teams in the west and three cities that are kind of always been identified as potential expansion cities out west have been salt lake portland and vegas i'm gonna throw salt lake out right now i just don't think it could happen uh the jazz does a pretty good job filling their arena but they have half the games they play less frequently and basketball is on the rise with popularity they could maybe handle football because it's only 16 games I just don't see Salt Lake being a baseball town. You know, I think that the bees, the bees have enough trouble filling out the stadium. So you work for the bees. What have you seen? Monday nights packed, but that's, that's due to a more of a local cultural thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, Saturday nights, Sunday evening games, pretty good feel Friday, decent Tuesdays through Thursdays, maybe a, a third to a quarter of the stadium are full, but I've never seen the stadium empty. Um, but still, they do not, all right. Still not enough to pull. Yeah, but like it's well, like the level. Real question is, the real question is, how many seats do you have to have in a stadium? Six. Right. Jeez, <laughs> Louise. No, but like, who? Wh- where's the rule that you have to fill a stadium? Right. It's not like, that if you, you can have get enough to. in TV deals. It's not a rule, but if you're if you're the owner, <laughs> you know, right, right. But like, what if you don't spend a lot to build a big stadium? You know, yeah. There was what talk if your overhead about, uh, not as high. There was talk about um. So the Diamondbacks have been in Chase Field since '98. So as of right now, it's actually like one of the older stadiums in the league, just because people it, there's a lot of turnover all the time, and they're they're like the last expansion team. No. Second to last, I can't remember. But they talked about if they they just like got out of their lease, so they can stay there. They have control of Chase Field, but there's discussion like, hey, do we move somewhere and make like a smaller, more technically advanced, but like intimate game, and that will like increase the fan experience versus like this massive stadium that gets filled, you know, at usually on like big days, like sixty to seventy percent, you know. And I, this is a weird economics term, but like price elasticity, right? Like, who says, you know? Does selling more tickets cheap make more money or fewer tickets more expensively for a better experience? You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if anyone's tested that question. Um I think Yeah, because you have to have you have to have a big market team do it because like the Marlins, you couldn't do that, right? Because like no one's gonna buy the expensive tickets anyways. So you have to have a team that's willing to be like decrease prices. But you'd look at like for example Wrigley. Wrigley's full all the time. Fenway's full all the time. So it doesn't matter. Like they're pretty capped on like how many seats are available. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah, just to increase in the playoffs, they just sell standing room tickets everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I think I want to hit a home run in front of several thousands and not just like 30 people who each paid $10,000. Obviously right, to right. a point, Mike. I'm going to look this up. Let's see what the B's attendance would be. Maybe I can get those ladies. Maybe I can get those fans that came in and flashed Garrett Cole. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't she? I'm pretty sure she got like a lifetime ban. From a lifetime ban. <laughs> and millions it worth more it? followers on Instagram. Was it worth it? That's the question. I'm sure they don't really care. Dude, I don't know, man. Who knows? Okay, AAA has a 140-game slate, so let's see, 70 games. I'm going to see what the B's attendance per game was last year. Well, I think this can go just outside, you know, to, to talking time zone sports and stuff like that. You know, we've talked about, like, just different sports, different different athletes and stuff like that who maybe don't get the recognition on the sports radio talk shows in the mornings and things like that because, you know, their games don't start until 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night if they're on the West Coast. Um, and sometimes, you know, the East coast players and the East coast teams just get a little bit more love in that aspect because, you know, these, uh, these 60, 70, 80 year old riders and, and hall of fame voters are still awake watching those games, you know, and the next day they, they don't, they they catch more of the highlights of, you know, Oh, what did Mike Trout do? Or, you know, who, what did this player do? Um, and Sometimes that may be at a detriment to, you know, the players on the West Coast a little bit. They don't they don't get that love. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like it's like it's kind of like politics a little bit. Right. And not to go too political at all, really, but more like just like political dynamics. You have like two sides that like you're not going to sway these people. You know what I'm saying? So what you're competing for is this middle ground. Right. Because people that care are going to watch baseball. They're going to want, they're going to, they, the people that want to appreciate Mike Trout will watch Mike Trout. Right. It's the reason that like you stay till games till they go really late for extra innings. There's people that leave early. So you're not going to, you're not going to change those people. You're competing for this, like this middle group. Right. So how much can you sway that middle group by, you know, pushing a game forward an hour? Really? I I don't, and I don't have the answer. I just, that's kind of like a, so I actually I was in the I was in the press locker or the the press room with the bees last year, and I think we were starting games at six thirty at night, and or seven thirty, and they were like, "Oh, let's push it to seven or something like that," and they were like, "Oh no, our attendance has been better this year," but they were wanting to do that, um, and it was like, parents have time to run home, get their kids ready, their kids are home from school do dinner before the game like yeah we it would be nice to increase concession pay but a lot of people don't want to pay concessions you know they like to eat before they come to the game so they were saying like we've had better attendance being a little later even if people leave early they pay the same price no matter how long they stay right yeah right they don't prorate your ticket okay so here's the numbers i ran bro that would be crazy prorated tickets oh my god i just i just want i just want innings four through seven Please, I'll just pay for those ones. Um, so Orem Owls average like a thousand fans a game. Um, Ogden Rappers, they're they're the single A team for the Bs. No, the the Angels, and then the Ogden Raptors, who are the single A team from the um, Dodgers. Right, those are two other teams in Utah. If you combine those with the Bs, they average a capacity nightly. Of fifteen thousand fans. Now that's half of Fenway's. That's almost half of Fenway's total capacity, right? So essentially, Whoa. what I'm saying is, if you if you put an MLB team here and you completely obliterated the trip, you know, the minor league team's attendance, you could probably triple what you get at Marlins Park. <laughs> so, so here's my here's my issue though, is because I'm not super familiar with with Utah geography, but. But you now have one stadium instead of three. So you're adding travel distance. So you're going to lessen those groups, right? Because you're going to lose the people that don't want to drive. So I'm, I'm just saying, like, even if you got... So let's say if, if there's 17,000 fans nightly attending a baseball game on a low level, I think you could get at least 8,000 fans in an MLB stadium, if not more. Because I think that you would get that many and a little bit of surplus because people go to jazz games like crazy. People go to Real Salt Lake. Real Salt Lake sells out. I mean... 
granted it's a different audience you know sure but like more people come out of the woodworks for a major um, you know a high level professional team so so what 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 i'm taking from this conversation is that a salt lake team could be viable but is it more profitable than like a vegas team no no way but it would be a home crowd for the games there's your difference right so so a vegas team would struggle with this. I think we're kind of ignoring Portland. I think Portland could do decent. I mean, they've got the Trailblazers and that's it, right? So like, I think they're probably hoping for something there, but, and they're all hipstery. Maybe like, maybe these hipstery people will make a revival to baseball, you know? Ooh, it's really old school. I don't even want them. (laughs) (laughs) Plus you got to deal with like, doesn't it, I mean, does it rain a lot over there? Oh, oh, you know how many rain delays you'd have? Yeah. Do the Mariners have a roof? No. They should. <laughs> uh, maybe it's not during the wet season. I don't know. Tell me a time that's not in the wet season in Seattle. We were at a game there only you got me. eight, eight nine months ago, and it was raining the whole game. Mm-hmm. You were at T-Mobile? No. Not T-Mobile. We were at um, CenturyLink. Seahawks. CenturyLink. Yeah. Uh, the one game guys. Drew Beers was injured. Um, no, but here's what I'm thinking, though. I think, yeah, you know what? If you're going to do two, Vegas makes more sense. But yeah, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, Salt Lake makes way more sense than Portland. Why? We're the desert. Do you know how many rainouts we would have? <laughs> As someone coming live in Arizona, approximately zero, especially if you have a retractable <laughs> roof. Yeah, I'm thinking about that. I know I'm a little biased here because I would love to have a major league team nearby. But... No, so anyways, I, it would be interesting to think about doing another round of expansion, right? Because there's another reason to do expansion right now. If you do a billion-dollar buy-in for an expansion team, ML, what they do with a buy-in is they split the buy-in among the existing teams because you're taking a piece of their market away, right? Okay. So Major League, if they did two new teams at a billion dollars, would actually recover their losses plus from this year. So there's two reasons it makes sense. But how bad would it look if you started a team and then they folded? Right? Because there's already this huge concern among like baseball circles that the game is not sustaining itself. Well, here's so, the other thing too. You can't just start one team. You have to start because two. Baseball depends on farms. Mm. Oh yeah, so and what, which this. they're chopping You've got like at least crazy. Five though. minor league teams below that, right? Low A, high A, double A, triple A, and then like fall league or short season. Hey, you question. don't need all of them. Mm. Does does the uh, baseball expansion work the same way as like the NBA or NHL expansion, where you like you put like a lock on like ten of your players or whatever, and says you can have everyone, anyone else? Is that how that works? Yeah, I have no idea. Because I, I know for like, so for the NHL, like you have, I don't know, I don't know how many ro- rosters, like 12, I think, something like that, 12 to 15. And you're like, here's our top eight players. You cannot take these guys. And the bottom part of everyone's team is like available. Even with contracts. That's what the Vegas Knights did. Yeah, no, Even that's exactly contracts. right. Yeah, pretty sure, yeah. So really? that's, yeah, they just, so the Vegas Knights took a bunch of middle runners. And nearly one. Yeah. Which, that's why it was that's why it was crazy. That's why it was crazy. And because what happens is they get a little bit of a chip on their shoulder because they're they're thinking to their former teams like, oh, I wasn't one of the eight that you wanted to pick. And then I got Ooh. exactly see how they kind of would get a be little... an amazing season. It Dang. was an amazing season. It was, it was a thing, dude. It was oh, wild. Man. So but think about but that this is baseball. my question. Like 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 you know who's untouchable? Chris Davis gets pulled or someone, you know, like free chance to get rid of his contract like why not you know and then he just goes back to slant like crush davis oh he's gonna i mean it's too bad because he's gonna have i'm seriously so bummed about this season not in in addition to among other things that chris davis isn't gonna get to win his comeback player of the year award this year it's a damn shame oh man now you've got me salivating about this idea so who's untouchable? 
I mean, you guys are Red Sox fans. Oh, I mean, some people's contracts are up, right? Martinez is up. Um, you guys aren't going to resign JD. What? Well, I, in the entire league, there's probably only four or five untouchables. You think so? Mm-hmm. Who's that? Um, Mike. Right. <laughs> Mike Trout for sure. He's definitely one. Uh, who's a, who's the second one? I'd put Garrett Cole in that conversation. Verlander. Uh, I don't know about Verlander. He's he's old yeah, enough I'm, now I'm, that I'm like. Yeah, so I'm thinking you got to take into some age hang, and stuff. Hang, hang in here though with age. me. If this happened Show this him. year, if this happened this year, and the Astros currently have a gutted pitching roster, he's untouchable this year. Two years from now, yeah. He's he's open. Not right now. You've got to think this is time series data, right? When does the expansion happen? Yeah. I bet, you know, we're talking I bet Sho- we're talking this year. I bet Shohei's untouchable. I bet Tatis is untouchable. Um, Francisco Lindor. I don't see, but they're talking about trading Lindor. Like he's been in trade talks for like two years now. But that's a trade talk. That's not that's not a takeaway. Is Christian Yelich? Yeah, probably Bellinger's in that same category. Nolan Arenado. But think about the free agents. Just think about the free agents alone. The teams you could build, you don't make any enemies with teams. You just come in and you offer like, hey, come and make your own team. You know, the program's not developed. You'll have a lot of say here. Now, in basketball and NFL, that means a lot more. We're like, LeBron's like, hey, you can put a coach as a showpiece on the side, but I'm running this team. Let me read you MLB's ranks top 100 Mike Trout number one Garrett Cole number two Jacob deGrom number three yeah Jacob deGrom is like a god on the mound bro Christian you forget about it Christian Yellick number four and Mookie rolling out Mookie rounding out the top five yeah what but the thing is Mookie's a free agent so my first thought was we go out JD Martinez is up Mookie is up um, Nolan Arenado is going to be up. Chris Bryant's going to be up. Like, so that's what I'm saying. Because the they lose service off? time. <laughs> so here's the question. Oh, wait. No, no. They get to keep service time. Right? You're the Dodgers. You're the Dodgers. You get to pick. You can keep one player as an untouchable so the others doesn't get drafted. Who are you picking? Because number five is Mookie and number six is Cody. Cody. But the thing is, is you're keeping it's not, it's Cody, Cody over Mookie. It's not even it's Cody. And, and I'll tell you why. Cody's contract's not up this year. I'm pretty right? sure he's on a rookie deal still. Okay, well, the, the, the contracts and that stuff not even considered because I don't think that like when they when you start a brand new franchise or a, a brand new um, you resign everybody probably you're kind no, of, no 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 hear, hear me out hear me out scratch. from the Dodgers perspective I, I the contracts don't matter on the receiver's side but on the giver's side it's like hey we don't know we're going to resign Mookie and if we do he's going to cost a shit ton of money but we've got this guy in a rookie deal. Maybe he's 90% of what Mookie is, but we'll have him for... He's like 110% of what Mookie is. No one... So coming from a Diamondbacks fan, I'm loving hearing this. Okay, I hate Cody Bellinger. Most, for, for two reasons. One, he plays for the Dodgers. And two, he went to a rival high school that I, that I went to. Okay, so there's lots of hate there. I think he has a real punchable face. But he <laughs> is an amazing baseball player, a frustratingly good baseball player. And I think his ceiling is higher than Mookie Betts. Hmm. Interesting. How long has Mookie been in the league? Because that's what I'm saying, right? Like the Cubs aren't going to put this piece on. on Because Mookie's been in since 2014, just to answer your question. Yeah. And um, he, just, he won his MVP win. That's fair. That's fair. Like. Cody Bellinger already won his, like, I think his third year in the league. Well, that's a funny thing to think about, right? Like, who's who's going to be coming down? Because though though Judge came in the league hot, he came in late. Uh-huh. Right? Like, is Judge your best bet for a new franchise? No. No, he's not. Plus he's he 28, 29. Yeah, and he can't. Wait, wait, I wouldn't wait, take wait. a single piece from the Yankees. Well, I don't know about that. The past two seasons, he's played 182 games. Aaron Judge? Yeah. So he's played half, half-ish, just over half? You're a, well, think about this. You're a new team. You need to be stable, right? You need people who are healthy. You can't afford... 
Except for except for not because he brings star power, right? And so if you're really trying to drum up interest, that's like, yeah, there's the balancing act, right? But like, so this is a talk that's come out with the Jordan documentary, right? Like players now have like what's called load management, you know? Like when you paid for a ticket to go see Jordan, like when you lived in a city and Jordan was coming to town, it was like, I want to go see Michael Jordan. So if you go to the game like Kawhi Leonard and he's sitting on the on the bench, you get pissed. There's a reason people like Jordan and hate some of the celebrities today, you know? I don't know if that all comes down to load management, but it's part of it. Dennis Rodman retired in the middle of the season. <laughs> right? Yeah, Shoot, fair. what's his name? Retired mid uh, at halftime. The guy on the Bills. <laughs> yeah, <of course. laughs> I gotta look up that name. That was guys. I'm just. I still have it anymore. I think he got beat for a touchdown in the first half. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I'm just. I thought. I thought there was a. This is so Monte Davis. Monte yeah. Davis. There's a the. I think it was Lashawn McCoy and Tre'Davious White were on like a Instagram live, and they were like ripping him. Like, guys, I can't do it anymore. I'm sorry. Like, wait. Oh yeah, it's okay, man. Take a snap off. He's like, no, nah, I'm leaving. And he just like walks to the locker room, and they're like, wait, what? I thought she was just like we were just okay. Yeah, cool. It's a great, great Instagram. Well, th- think about that interview last week, right, with for, Matt Blackham. Check. He just gotten out of surgery, and he was like, it was like his third or fourth surgery. He's like, I just can't do this, right? He about called the Mets and quit. Like, if you guys have, if you take guys with health risks in this, you know, you've got to worry about a lot of components there. So that brings up a lot of other things too. Are farm systems off limits? Because well, like, that's interesting, right? Because you have a lot of good players just sitting waiting. Yeah, do the Rays who have the number one prospect in baseball, Wander Franco, like use their untouchable slot on that guy? Mm. You know? I would, I would, in the Rays, yeah. So, but but so then the, then the issue is right is you're putting this value on a relatively unknown commodity when you could have Blake Snell. You know what I'm saying? Where you're like, where you know he's going to be good. Yeah. That was that was what I was having issues with. So some of these these big contract money contracts coming from overseas players, it's like man, you guys are playing like you know, Rusny Castillo was a really good one for the Red Sox. Other you know pitchers and stuff like that that are, it's like you're shelling out so much money to these guys that are just so unknown. That's all of the White Sox team. Yeah, I never even thought about that. Which is exactly, I mean, not switching sports for just a second. That's why the the NFL finally implemented that rookie pay scale. Because these quarterbacks just kept coming in, or these first round picks just kept coming in and making more money than players that had been in the league for five or six years. And it's like this guy hasn't proved anything yet. You you know more about the NFL than me. Explain to me: Is there a different pay rate depending on what draft round you come from? Now there is. Right, and there used to you be have in like the a, path, like a- which is why people are trading down in the draft. Uh, uh, no, right. Like maybe, and that's maybe a part a, of it. Like, I don't think that a lot really of people traded down in the draft way. and drafted better because they got the pieces they need at a lower price. But they try to get some extra value other where other ways. Yeah, you're you're fighting you're fighting value, not necessarily just dollar value, but like also talent talent level. I think right, I get the, that with, with the with the NFL and like with MLB, like because MLB has the same thing, right? They're awarded like slots of how much you can pay a player, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. But and then you get your but my thing is that and, and it, it goes back to we kind of discussed this a little bit last season, um, just like in the idea of economically in baseball. So much of baseball is you're paid on past performance because you they are so afraid of paying you, dirt, like for what you're doing before right? they know before mm-hmm. they know. So you'll you'll hit a, a a decent contract in your prime years, and then if you do well, then you'll get a massive contract, and then you end up looking like Bobby Bonilla, right? But it's okay because you were dirt cheap for the first six years, right? So it all kind of aggregates out to where you're you're okay. But on paper and in that moment, it looks so wrong. Like, why are we still paying that guy? But it's because you weren't paying him anything back then. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Everything kind of shifted back. The so question I think- is, and that's a question. Like, will, will Kristen Yellick be a Bobby Bonilla, right? He just got a contract like that, like a very delayed, you were saying, Mike? Are you paying them for what they've done or are you paying for them for what they're going to do? A lot it's of players. It's so terrifying to pay for what they're going to do because you have no idea. Right. And the, but in the player's mindset, it's like, no, you've paying me for what I've already brought to you guys. You know, and with the team, it's, it's like, it's like the whole, well, what have you done for me lately? Right. So 
that's that's sometimes where there's that that, that I, so interesting dynamic. When I did that, I've been doing that study of um, where we were trying to predict the pay of free agents and stuff. And one of the things I was finding was that um, your pay is 40% influenced by your lifetime average and 60% by your most previous season. Because they look at it as like a trend line. You know what I mean? Where are you currently on your trajectory? And what is the trajectory? What You know, like I need a pinpoint to track the trajectory. And then where's the latest pin? Is it upward or downward from that? And recency bias, right? Yeah, yeah. For sure. That's why that's why people this idea that you have to perform well in your contract year is so prevalent because teams put it's weighted more, you know. They put more yeah. stock in what you just did last year versus two. And I think from a, from a team perspective and if you're in a GM's shoes, it's like if you if you're always coming at it, you know, like the like the 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 Billy Bean and the in the in the you know Moneyball and stuff like that. Sometimes I think players that could that, that can rub some players the wrong way. You know, we got you, know, you because you're average and cheap. Yep, yep. And they're like, wait a second. So it could, it, for some, it's like, yeah. So for some others, it just rubs them the wrong way, and they're just like, they become, you know what? Screw this. I'm out. It's, it, you know, it's interesting that you said that because I, I have been watching the Jordan documentary. Uh, it's been interesting, and Dennis Rodman said something the other day where he was like, you know, I'll play basketball for free in a pickup game anytime, but the moment you come here. And there's money and I have to deal with the media after every game and there's expectations and there's fans and there's championships. I want to feel, I, I'm probably getting this wrong, but I felt like he was saying like, I want to feel rightly compensated for having to deal with the media circus you put in front of me, mm. you know, and all mm. that. Like mm. He was complaining about media circus. That dude was the circus. <laughs> Watch the documentary. Rodman's an interest. The way they project Rodman's interesting. Very interesting. Do they do they do it as a guy that deserves the Nobel Peace Prize? You know, he only lost out on that because he supported Donald Trump. Let's not get into that, but it's an interesting thing to think about, right? Because he opened up talks with Korea and then backs the president who got face-to-face time and loses his thing, right? No, no statement, no admission of preference there. Just saying. It's an interesting... <laughs> there's a lot... There's as so a much completely neutral party. As a... <laughs> as 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 an imaginary self-image of neutrality, which would never exist in anybody. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, kind of stepping forward here with Vegas, though. Steven, you disagree with me on this, but I think the hard part about being a Vegas franchise is you're never going to have a home game. You know? I mean, so- I, I go back to Matt Blackham's comments last year about playing with Tim Tebow, how awesome it was that everywhere they went was a home game. You put a team in Vegas, it's like Bills fans are like, hey, you know what? The Bills are playing with the Raiders in Vegas. Let's go gamble. We'll drink harder than we normally already do, which I don't know how you can stand that blood alcohol level. And then we'll jump through some tables in Vegas. Like, It's, a, it's an away game every week for them is what it'll be. I think I think we underestimate, and this is I think this more comes down to the perception of what Vegas is. We underestimate how many people live in Vegas that aren't on the strip. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but if you live in Vegas, you're working in Vegas. And when you're working in Vegas, you have, I, I don't know that you're going to get to the shows. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I just I just imagine that like... Because well, you're going to grab... Sorry to cut you off, but their season tickets are already sold out. And there's a huge waiting list. Yeah, but you and I were thinking about buying season tickets. And I don't know that either of us would be like Raiders fans. You know, yeah, but a lot of people that are probably already purchased those are Raiders fans. Probably. Yeah, you think about... Nevada's right. Nevada borders California. Like they're moving, but they're not moving, moving, moving. And Oakland is, Oakland's like the Niners, right? Where it doesn't matter where you go. You never, you're not going to switch. So you have Oakland fans all over all the time anyways. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, like in Arizona, like if the Cardinals go somewhere, there's no, there's people aren't leaving Arizona really. You know, it's a, it's a really big influx. So they go places, they don't have diehard Cardinals, but people are leaving California, so they're taking with them this fan base of Oakland, you know? Mm. I love to get that aspect too is if that home field really makes that big of a difference. <laughs> In well, football, that's the thing, for though, sure it does. They mm. claim it doesn't, it doesn't, right? Cuz it's like you know, oh, if they're booing me this and that, and then it's like, "Hey LeBron, will you play without fans?" No. <laughs> 
Hear me out there, right? What's the oh. difference between never having a home game and not having fans? Like, you know, no one in your court. I mean, yeah, I get I get that you rise up to it, you know, like you're going to a game against the, the bad boys, the Pistons, you know, for Jordan. And it's like, not only are they fouling you out on the court, and then you get their fans who are just blazingly hot in that arena. I'm sure that does rise you up a bit. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you're on the field with a helmet and like you're like you're you're 50, 60 yard, 30 yards away from these fans. Like I don't think you actually hear specific comments. You just hear you know? noise. You hear noise. Maybe you hear noise. Maybe you hear specific comments when you like are, are <laughs> I mean, right as a Salt Lake, Lake fan, I, I can tell you Westbrook's heard some comments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you're like if you're that close to you. <laughs> Basketball's a little different because basketball, you were literally on the field. Like, oh, that was awesome. That was so good. The beef is real. Get on your knees. Westbrook's like, I hate the entire state of Utah. What did he say? I said, go ice your knees. Joe, yeah. Jay Crowder also hates the entire state of Utah. <laughs> that was pretty cringy. I'm not going to lie, but. Oh, well. It's hey. Gail, Gail Miller set everybody straight. Thank you, Gail. Okay. As far as owners go, I would love if she was the one who expanded the MLB team. I, I think Gail Miller is amazing. I really do. I'm a big it must fan. be nice to have a competent owner. <laughs> Sarver is the worst owner in the entire NBA. He is butt cheeks. I hate him. I hope that I hope this soundbite gets to him some way, somehow. Dude, I hope so. Yo, when Robert Sarver, there was a there was a weird point, like maybe before they're talking about renovating the arena, that this like eighty five year old lady who's like, I've followed the Suns since they existed from the very beginning, and you're the worst thing that like into his face, bro, at like a public forum, shredded this dude. It was nice. crazy. Let's say Smith, look into that camera and let him have it. Yeah, dude. I hate you, Robert Sarver. <laughs> That's going to be our soundbite this week. And I'm just going to tag him on Instagram. Just straight it's like, up. Hey, it's like, hey, I'm is putting your face alone. Podcast? Do, you think Gail, do you think Gail Miller would have returned that PPP that the Lakers got? Okay. That is an interesting question because you got to wonder what sports teams are like doing, grabbing this. So here's, here's something. I, I am a gig worker, but I work in baseball data. No one's reached out to me about lost income. <laughs> not a single person you're seeing all these things like hey these stadium fans you know we're trying to provide for the stadium workers yada yada that's great um my wife lost her job i haven't heard a single thing from them now i'm a hard worker i've found a way you know we, we ain't gonna go hungry you can sure as hell bet on that but like it is funny because i'm like i wonder how many stadium workers are getting paid you know they have to be they're getting paid just the loudest ones just well, it's probably the ones that like the stadiums themselves personally employ because I'm a I'm a worker through a third party company there, yeah. and so. So, yeah, but so if you work for yeah, no, I feel you. Like if you work for like concessions, like, yeah, you know, you're like part of the Miller Group of companies out here for Salt Lake. You know, what's interesting too is that it's not only is it the specific you know people that work for those those stadiums, but a lot of times it's the it's the 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 food places and the other businesses around the stadium that also get residual business because people are stopping to get a you know a burger or something before they go to the game. Yeah, like, you know? like so that's that's how many how many well. South Chicago bars do you just go to for a great night dinner if you're not going to a White Sox game? Right. Right. You no, know, I don't know much about South Chicago, but I would imagine, you know. Well, here in Utah, people go to like Crown Burger quite often before they go to a jazz game. Oh, you know? yeah. So, like, just how much business are they losing? I mean, they're not hurting too bad. I've been there plenty. I'm, I'm, I'm floating them on my desire for a greasy burger. So, so then the question comes down to: Should sports teams apply for these small business loans? One million thousand percent no. <laughs> who do you think whose whose idea was it in the Lakers I, to I, take that? I I think Lamar it depends Ball. on who you're paying. Lavar Ball. <laughs> I've never lost. Not even in never an application. <laughs> I, you know, I think it depends on who you're paying, though. You know, if all those proceeds went to the minimum wage workers who are going to struggle through this and depended on that job, I'm okay with it. I just don't trust that that's the case. Well, the other thing too, though, is is those that jobs will come back. Bro? That's fair. Because the other thing, I, I can hear a voice in my head of a conversation I had with someone the other day about. 
the real question is, is small businesses can't recover, you know? So, I mean, no, I'm, you're right. No. I just love that the Lakers of all franchises took that loan. Seriously, though. I don't know, man. I think, and then the other thing goes back to it. And this is where like, because again, as a Suns fan, I hate the Lakers. So this is just like more uh, fire for me, Um, more ammunition to not like them. But I think it does come down to it too. Like when you look at those kind of things, a lot of times we look at professional sport teams and this is, goes across the board. And I think this, this can be an interesting topic to talk about, to discuss about um, players getting paid in the league. Um, how contracts are set up, TV deals, is that unless you see each individual organization's profit and loss statement, you just can't know what's going on, you know? Like, because they don't report that. No one's reporting that. It's just, it's everything that we have, like value and all that kind of stuff is all just kind of from best we gather, essentially. So it's hard for me as like a, as trying to be as reasonable as possible to be like, Oh, team should do this when I have no idea what their actual financial situation is. You know what I'm saying? Cause you can be worth a ton of money and have a crap ton of debt too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Well, Jeffrey Loria, right? He owned the Marlins in their original induction into Miami. And, uh, it's funny because I think about him. He claimed that he lost millions after they won a world series. Right, which is why he wanted to sell the team. But like, how do you sell a team to somebody who's willing to pay you a big buck and claim that you've got losses? Like, he's clearly not representing his numbers. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, there's this thing called an EBITDA, um, and I'm just not going to explain it because I don't think anyone on the baseball podcast cares about. Did you just say like an enema? Evaluations. EBITDA, EBITDA. Putting one together feels like getting an enema. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> They're brutal. But it's, you know, expenses and um, like you pretty much take like, oh, how much do you lose on interest from loans and from taxes and stuff and like costs that you took out only to start the company up that wouldn't normally be there, you know? So like, what does it really profit if if these things weren't a factor? But like, I just think he was lying. Um, okay. Moving into topics. M- NBA and... um. NFL are rising in popularity in a younger generation that baseball cannot seem to grasp. And I've really started thinking about this, right? How much easier is it to go down to a basketball court and look, not be, but look sort of like LeBron, you know, you can shoot the same way you can, you know, you can do fade shots, you can do this and that. And if your competition's low enough, you look pretty good in comparison, you know, like to pull look up, good playing basketball. Curry, Curry. Yeah, yeah. To look good in basketball, to look good in football compared to, you know, there's videos of Michael Jordan trying to step into baseball, watching these 90 mile an hour fastballs come down. It's like, the, I mean, he got pretty good midseason, but like you can't just step into it the same way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you think the ability to see yourself in a player bolsters that? You know what I mean? People love to used to see baseball because they love to used to be able to see something that you couldn't emulate yourself. And now I think vanity is like, I want to see something I think I can see in myself. Does that make sense? I think so. I mean, that's... There's, there's, there's not, not necessarily think that they're parody accounts, but there's like, there's actual people on Snapchat and Twitter and, and Instagram who do like likeness things of MLB player, like of an NBA, NBA. Player, you know, mm-hmm. way more than, than, than NBA or yeah, than, than NFL or baseball. So, I've seen people who like emulate people's like swing stance and plate approach, but it doesn't register the same. No, no. I think. I think I, I don't say I don't think that you're wrong. I think that there is a, a part of that. I think that the biggest reason that um, NFL, NBA, all those leagues are gaining more traction is just pure accessibility. I think they're better at social media. I think it's easier, like you said, to go down to a game and it's easier to go throw a football around in a park than it is to find 18 people to go play a baseball game is really what it comes down to where back in the day, like that's what everyone did. Every just went down to the park. There's a bunch of people there. You played Sandlot games. It's just not a thing anymore. It's, it's harder yeah, bef- to get together. It takes equipment. It takes all this other stuff, you know? 
before there was TV and phones, people didn't pretend like they were busy. It's such an interesting game, like because like if you go do if you go play seven on seven football, for example, or five on five, three on three basketball, like you touch the ball, you shoot it, you're a lot more interactive. Like in a pickup baseball game, like you're gonna go stand out in second, you know, right field or th- or, or th- second base, and maybe not even have with, a ball hit. Yeah, with people time. that can't hit for shit. Yeah, like you're not. <laughs> you're just you. You really aren't. Honestly, like people are just they just. You have to limit it down to wiffle ball, right? Like, oh, I'll, I'll look like his swing stance and I'll swing like this person or I'll do my home run celebration like him. Which but that like, might honestly be ball. it, right? Because we've seen wiffle ball. You've seen wiffle ball videos where, you know, they're throwing... Blitz ball. Yeah, it's like that honestly may be what is the next, like, thing that kind of people... Home run derbies, things like that, right? Where it's like it's hard, but it's still fun because it's wiffle ball and it's it's different. <laughs> I think we need. This is my personal take because little league, I don't think it has dropped really at all. I think, well, besides, I think it just got replaced by travel ball, right? So if you were serious about playing baseball when you were a kid, you played travel ball. And that was just kind of what it was. And then as you moved up through high school or whatever, I think to really grab the upcoming generation is you need to make like older teens slash young adults and normalize slow pitch softball. Mm. I really think that would be because, because it's easier to hit. You still get the same rushes fielding the ball. There's still a lot of the same strategy. Base paths are only 60 feet. Yeah. It's just, it's just kind of less, but you have the same feeling, you know what I'm saying? Like you're actually playing, um, and it, because it kind of distanced, right? If you go out, I've, Mike, do you play on a rec league? I know Caden does. I I don't. No, I mean, I've played once or twice. I'm like, I don't go. Okay. A couple tournaments. I've my, so I've watched my brothers, but I honestly don't play. So so from what I understand, if Caden has a team out there and it's a bunch of guys his age, when I play on slow pitch softball out here, I'm the youngest one there every time. Mm-hmm. You just need to grab that group and make it like, hey, like let's go make a rec team. Like let's go play. Let's go do that kind of stuff. And it really comes down to being able to play it because it's easy for me to go down to, you know, a, like a public gym and play basketball. And there's tons of people there, right? It's easy that you can go to a park and you know turkey bowls happen every year. There's people right. playing where you just need to get more people playing. I jumped into a, sl- a pickup slow pitch softball game the other day by my house. And it was like Christmas. I couldn't believe what I, my eyes. I was like, is that a pickup softball game? How do you like, get my glove? <laughs> you, you tease about that, but that is legitimately 100% what happened. Honey, where these, are like, these are like 12 and 14-year-old kids. And I'm like, a, you know, in my mid-20s running over there excited because I'm like stuck in my house with the virus, you know, shut down. Hey, guys, can I play? Can I play? Can I play with you guys? I'm like, Mom! Mom, this guy's over here. A pedophile. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Luckily, their parents like, you know, came and played for a bit. Because it is like a little creepy. I am so... So dominant, too? No, no. no. <laughs> so dominant. <laughs> My problem is, is, with how like lawsuit-happy Americans are, I do not like being around people's children at all. <laughs> at all not a, not an ounce doesn't care that i'm like the least threatening person i know like <laughs> you threw that ball too hard at the first baseman my son like learn to catch <laughs> right well, but when it comes down to really enjoying the game it's it's a it was it filled a hole in your heart bro you overcame it i believed in you <sighs> it did it was fun and what's funny is these guys all have like their cheap little bats, you know, like like the little bats that your parents <laughs> kind of just buy from the DI. And I show up with like my adult softball loaded, like three-piece bat. They thought I was the awesomest player in the world. And so I'm like... They always start using your bat? I didn't let them. No. <laughs> let me, t- well, let think me tell about, you Think what. about it this way. Think about it this way. If I bring this loaded bat and this kid doesn't know how to not hit up the middle and he blasts his buddy who's probably only standing 20 feet away right in the face when he's pitching, I'm going to feel pretty bad. So I gave him my wood bat. to wear a mask. Figure it out. Come to play or don't come at all. <laughs> this is why I can't be around people in competition. <laughs> um, okay, so here's my last question for you. So... In basketball, the coach is a face piece. 
Like how often do you think a coach truly matters? Maybe Phil Jackson, right? But like even at that. Any rebuilding team matters. Basketball comes down to the player at the end of the day, right? LeBron, Michael Jordan. I mean, Jordan had Pippen and and, um, Dennis Rodman. And I do wonder how much he would have won without them. Um, Kawhi Leonard, right? Like, like when you don't talk about like the Raptors, you talk about Kawhi Leonard, you know, football, Which is unfortunate because the Raptors were like a really good team this year without him, but it's fine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Basket or football, right? Quarterback and coach. You talk about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, Nick Saban and Tua Tonga-Vailoa, right? Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray. Hope, hope so, you know. The clapper. The clapper. But does baseball come down to that? You know what I mean? Maybe part of that is the reason Mike Trout will be the greatest player to have played the game when he retires. Unless anything, unless a rookie comes up, you know, unless Vlad just blows it out of the park or something. Literally. Um, he can't get he cannot get the Angels in or through the playoffs. Clayton Kershaw can, for all his life, cannot get the Dodgers through the World Series. You know what I'm saying? As much as I, I'm frustrated with Clayton Kershaw, I give I give him a pass on the last two. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I mean, I think that there is. It's like a what you're describing in those other sports is essentially like a, a monarchy, right? It's it's the player that matters. It's a one. Where baseball is more like an oligarchy, right? Where there's a group. You need like four or five. If you have those four or five, the rest, as long as they're, you know, replacement level players, like they'll be fine. You know. Above the Mendoza line. Yeah. Not no uh just above zero war. If they're point one war, then they're gonna be fine, right? As long as they're just a little bit better than the you know the average AAA player at their position, they'll be fine. And you just need that core group of like four to five guys that are going to consistently hit, consistently get on base, and not make mistakes. Yeah, I I think that's one of the things is that people like individuals now and personalities rather than teams. You know. I mean, how many how many Tampa Bay Bucks fans are about to appear this year? More you know than it's true. the entire sum last year. <laughs> <laughs> Double. Um, I I think that's one of the things where baseball suffers is they can't build individual personalities. They try to this year, right? Like Jock versus uh, let the kids play. Yeah, but like trying to post not Jock, trying to post um, Bellinger against a Belly and Yelly, right? Yeah. Why do you, and that's why that's why the home run derby is is like almost one of the ex- most exciting parts about like you know what I mean because that is like a showcase of just that individual player. <laughs> I don't think I've ever cheered for something as much as I was trying. I was cheering for Vlad when he just comes out and tears it through the gate. You're like, how is Pete going to beat him? Like this guy has hit like summed home runs. He's hit more than almost a lot of the others combined. I do have to say I felt bad for Matt Chapman in that because Chapman gets. Right, Yellick had the number one seed, and he's like, "Hey, I can't do this." So Chapman gets the call Sunday night, and he's like, "I'm playing the number eight seed in the first round." Like, "Hey, Dad, you want to throw for me? Like, this is going to be great." And then Vlad Jr. goes off and sets the new single single round record. Well, and the, the way that they, I mean, we got to give baseball a little bit of props for changing that home run derby. I mean, it used to be, I don't know if you guys remember, but it used to be like them just watching pitches go by, waiting to get the perfect pitch it was every on outs. single time. Yep, it was on outs, and it was just like, oh, like, I want you to go watch one from like 10 years ago, 12 years ago, and go watch one last year and just see how much different it is. Yeah, so. Props funny, though, they only got like they won with like four home runs. Props to MLB for like switching that up, just because how much more the excitement got out of it. So, mm-hmm. well, for sure, for sure, for sure. We should have a few more interviews coming up. Hopefully, we'll have one coming up next week. We're uh, we're here. We're producing content. Designated sitters are sat in place. We are not running on you in the midst of your need for us. Um, you know what? Richness of content. I'll shoot it straight to you. 
It's pretty hard right now with nothing new to talk about, but you know what? We'll uh we'll do what we can. We're We uh, love you guys. We're here for you. We're the People's Podcast. A people's Podcast. The we people's are not quitters. Podcast. Hell yeah. 